coming to you from the Grassy Valley Stage Pulpit in Knoxville, Tennessee. We are an outreach ministry of Grassy Valley Baptist Church, and we're located on the corner of Lovell Road and Kingston Pike. Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Kirk. And I'm Richard Britton, and we want to welcome you to another episode of The Word at GV. Well, and today's Richard, uh, today, today's Richard, yeah. <laughs> today's word, Richard, is predestination. Predestination, yes. Now, I'm going to give a definition All right. before we get to talking here. And uh, I want to give an etymology to it as well. Yeah. Uh, because I know a lot of people, a lot, especially a lot of Christians, uh, are going to have a knee-jerk reaction to predestination because the first word that comes to your mind is well Calvinism is that what Calvinism the, yeah. and I don't I we're 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 not we're <laughs> going to get past the earthly definitions and all that we're going to actually tell you what God says today yes can just, you imagine that we're just going to focus <laughs> on what he says yeah. so let me let me give us a definition first we'll start off with that just so that we get kind of in the right frame of mind and then we'll just kind of build it but according to oxford our buddy mm -hmm. the theory or the belief that everything that happens has been decided or planned in advance mm -hmm. by god or by fate and that humans cannot change it now to me that's a pretty limited definition mm. Mm. yes but let me go on with the etymology uh, the word predestination is, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this, but it, it's a mid-14th century word. That's where they traced it back to. And it's the action of God in foreordaining certain of mankind through grace to salvation of eternal life from old French predestination and directly from church Latin, and I'm not going to try to pronounce this, a determining beforehand noun of action from past participle stem of predestinare. Yeah. Um, basically, it's a Latin word was first used in the theological sense, mm -hmm. okay, by Augustine, uh, given prominence by Calvin. So mm. that's why Calvin, I think, is kind mm -hmm. of associated with the word predestination mm -hmm. and it's one who believes in the doctrine of predestination it goes back to the uh, 1660s um, and I'm not really going to read the rest of this etymology because to be honest with you it's not um, scripture inspired okay. for lack of better words okay. so we're actually going to talk about what the Bible has to say about predestination not what man has to say very good <laughs> okay yeah. I want to make that distinction right up front mm -hmm. so um, we have several scriptures and so if you've got your Bibles mm -hmm. and you want to turn to that I'm going to give you about six, seven, eight different references to predestination, but we're going to land on three today. Good. Okay, so let me, it'll come up in front, and you can write all these down, and then Richard will uh, we'll go through and we'll pick out one sect of uh, scripture to talk about. But we're going to talk about Acts 13, 46 through 48. 
You also find it in Acts 4, 28, Romans 8, 29 through 30, Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. It's also an instance in Ephesians 1, uh, 11. You can also find uh, predestination in 1 Corinthians 2, 7, and also in Ephesians 2, 10. So we're going to start off, I think you wanted to start off with mm -hmm. Acts 13, yes. 46 through 48. Yes. Okay. Isn't so do you want me to read it or do you want to read it? It doesn't. Well, I, I'll, I'll set it up a little bit. Paul and uh, Barnabas have been sharing the good news concerning Jesus Christ with the Jews. Okay, right. And that's, uh, they've not been uh, receptive to the gospel. So this is where the passage begins. All right. right Oh, okay. I'll let you so read. I'll yeah. read. Yeah. yeah, okay. So when the, when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as yeah. many had been appointed to, appointed to eternal life, believed. They believed. And that is such a tremendous uh, explanation of how the gospel came to the Gentiles. And uh, in those prior verses there, Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly. Yeah. They spoke out boldly and they said, it was necessary that the word of God be spoken to you first. The, talking about the Jews? Yes. Talking to the Jews first. To the All Jews right. first. And since you repudiate it and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth. So you said something before we started taping, but it's yeah. up to this point, the Jews uh, were the chosen people. They were yes. the only ones that could, you know, talk with God or commune with God. Kind of like some religions today. <laughs> uh, I won't mention any. <laughs> but up until this point, the Gentiles had no access to God. Well, they didn't have the law right. uh, or the prophets as the Jews did. Right. And the, uh, Jesus came to the Jewish nation. He was born as a Jew and uh, raised as a Jew. And he spoke to the Jewish people in their synagogues right. with a new message of, uh, of basically uh, salvation through faith in him, and they rejected him. Right. It ended in his uh, crucifixion. Right. You, the, the one thing that comes to my mind, and, and I, you know, we both know Scripture well enough, but the one, and, and maybe I'm wrong about this, um, but you know what occurs to me is is the Israelite people, the Jewish nation, and boy, am I going to get in trouble for saying this? I'm sure. <laughs> but you know, they were a chosen people yes. for a reason. God yes. wanted them to be the light of the world, the light and salt yes. of the world. Yes. And to be the example to the rest of the nations, just like he does us today. Mm -hmm. He wants us to be the light and salt of the world, and to the rest of the our community, to our neighbors, and to everyone that surrounds us, that they find hope in us. Yes. That's why he saves us. That's right. So the Jewish nation had been bad 
voice, so <laughs> to speak, and they just could not follow it. And it's because of, of you know, of our sin nature and, and things like that. And we could go on for hours about that. But don't you think that's why God opened it up to all people that maybe now that's why Jesus came to, you know, his spirit. He had to leave yes. so that he could send his spirit to dwell within us, yes. Jew and Gentile alike. Yes. Yeah. And he knew before the foundations of the world. Now, you've got scripture according to that. So let, let's talk about those scripture references. All right. Whichever one you want to choose next. Okay. Well, the, um, the passage here has made it plain that the Gentiles have over, they've been overjoyed right. because now that's open to them. Right. That's the, anyone who's not Jewish now can receive Christ. And they glorify the word of the Lord uh, as many as had been appointed to eternal life believe. So there's an appointment in a sense that the ones, well, when I, when I read that passage, it says that those who were appointed right. to eternal life believed. It gives the connotation of being predestined yes. or chosen yes. before the foundations of the world. That concept yeah. right there, exactly. They were chosen before the foundation of the world, and that's explained in Ephesians chapter 1. Well, let's read that. I'll read Ephesians 1, 4, All right. four mm -hmm. through 5. Okay. And starting in verse 4, okay. just as he chose us in him <laughs> yes. before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. Mm -hmm. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. Yes. I love the way this is stated here. He chose us in him. Yes. In Christ Jesus, all who are in him are chosen by God and fully received and accepted. Right. Those that refuse Christ or neglect Christ or outside of Christ, they're not accepted right. by God. Right. And um, this was the way he set it up before the foundation of the world, that we who are in Christ would be holy and blameless before him in love. This is a very loving thing he's done for us. And he predestined us to adoption. Um, when, um, when a family goes to an orphanage, Right. To adopt a child, they choose the children they're going to adopt. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's just, um, that's... And, it, and it's funny that you say that, because huh? we were talking about that earlier, but yes. it's like there's an instinct in those parents that just know which child yes. to pick them out. It, it's an instinct or something. It's, yeah. it's almost like we know in our innermost being if you go to adopt that child, it's not like you randomly close your eyes and you pick a child. No. You're, you bond with that child. Yes. And then you bring them into your family and adopt them as your own. Yes. Not just legally, but in your heart. You the, know? That heart bond yeah. that's established and it develops and it strengthens, but sometimes it's like a first love. I fell in love with that child as soon as I saw him, you know. Yes, um, yes. 
it's a sense in which uh, uh, instant uh, affection yeah. and then it develops and grows. So that's yeah. what we're saying the way God does us. He, and yes. he knew us. Yeah. He knew us. And you've got that in Romans mm-hmm. eight twenty nine through 30. Well, yes, we have another passage here. This uh, describes the process for those whom he foreknew. Yeah. He also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. So there's the process of sanctification and uh, what God, it's almost like, you know, I keep I keep thinking of the parable of of uh, the wayward child, mm-hmm, the prodigal know, son, coming, yeah. yeah, and coming back, and you know how uh, the father clothed him in a robe, and you know, it's mm. almost like he was taking him through the sanctification process of bringing him back in, yeah. and he does us the same way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I yeah, I mean. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, well, that's good. In in Adam, we're all guilty of sin. Adam brought right. sin into the world, so all of us are included. Right. In in Adam, we we right. all that we're all descendants of Adam. Well, in Christ, all who will simply receive Christ, it right. turns out they've been predestined to become children of God. Right. And the the prodigal son is an excellent story where. Two sons, father, their, their father is the same, same person. One stays home, the other one goes out into the world. Right. And when the other one comes to his senses and returns, he's received and brought back into the fold, yeah. fully restored, full authority, full uh, privileges as a son. And it's granted because the father's gracious. He loves his son and he, his son had walked away. Right. But the, the message there, the lesson is that the father's looking for those who will return. Right. And Let, let's go back to the orphanage for just a minute because I just, I had a thought about this. But, uh-huh. you know, we, we look at the adoption from God's standpoint. Yes. You know, and we talk about predestination and foreknowledge and all those words that we <laughs> use. Yeah. But what about from the child's standpoint? Oh, my. The wayward child, the prodigal child. Yes. Who is in an orphanage, yeah. they don't know when their parent is going to walk through the door, no. you know, potential parent. Mm-hmm. All they know is, is that they're living in an environment that's not good. They know that they're living in an environment that may be mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. They know that they have no structure mm-hmm. around them, that they're doing what all the other kids are doing. There's mm-hmm. chaos going on in the orphanages. Yes. Um, they're doing things behind closed doors that maybe they shouldn't because yeah. there's not a parent that's watching them. Yes. You know what they, I mean? They don't have that supervision and closeness that they would with a parent. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So as a child, we're, we're kind of floating around, kind of like how our world's doing now and all <laughs> the children in it. Whether, yeah. And I don't mean literal children, mm-hmm. although it could be that, but even as grown adults, I've yes. seen older men and women who are like this. Yes. That 
that that's what we call sin. You well, know, that, we're given over to our own lust because mm -hmm. we're unsupervised. Right. Then all of a sudden that parent comes through the door and they see us and they love us like you were talking about earlier at first mm. sight and they want yeah. to adopt us. Yes. Now we're given a choice whether we want to go with those parents or not. Well, that's exactly right. God has made himself known and he's made himself available and he's offered to adopt us. He's offered to receive us into his home. And uh, it's up to us now to uh, to determine um, what exactly our response will be. Yeah. We can choose to enter. We have in. a choice, yeah. Yes. We have the free will of either staying in that orphanage or yeah. in this fallen world, or we have the choice of going with our parent that's yes. wanting to adopt us. That um, prodigal son could have remained in the oh, pig sure. pen as long as he chose, yeah. but there was a coming to his senses as us. What am I doing here? Yeah. I don't belong here. And yeah. when he turned to go home, when a person recognizes Christ yeah. as the Son of God and you're willing to receive him, yeah. he will safely escort you right into the presence of God it's, the Father. Yeah, and it's like, hey, I've got somebody who will look over me. I've right. Got, I've got a parent who will take on the responsibility yeah. of taking care of me if yes. I would just allow him to do oh, that. Oh, what a good term. If I would only allow it. Yeah. God longs to care for us as his oh, children. Absolutely. He, he would be glad yeah, to. There's scripture about the sheep and, you know, but the, the thing is, mm -hmm. is he knows. He knows his children. He knows his sheep. And it, it, it is predestined. And we talked about three great scriptures about it, mm -hmm. about how God looks at it. And he does, Richard. I think, he, I mean, he longs to take care of us if we would just allow him to yes. instead of allowing this world to take care of us. He, he honors our choice. We're yes. free to choose. Yes. And I, I would recommend if, if a person would gaze very carefully at Jesus Christ, look at him and, and look deeply, oh, his, yeah. his yeah. character, his... Why did he come here? Yeah. And what kind of a man would come into this world yeah. and offer himself to the cross? Why would he go through all that agony and all that pain and yeah. all that? Why would he do that? Yeah. You know? Well, he made a choice. He made a he, choice for his children. Yes. As God, he could have just wrapped it all up when we sinned immediately with Adam. Oh, uh, yeah. It would have yeah. been just to do yeah. so, but... He loved us, and I love this uh, this engagement pro uh, this engagement uh, uh, project that we're studying together. Right. The uh, the vast majority of the Bible has to do with our redemption. Mm -hmm. There's a long section there that pertains to to God's redeeming work. He's coming to redeem us, and that's all been done f to redeem us. You know, it's it's not right. because of. Um, it's well, to bring us back in relationship with him yes and then with others that's right yeah we can be in full fellowship with yeah. the, the the rest of the family of god and yeah. it's a i think about what adam and eve lost mm -hmm. by their simple act of disobedience they lost uh, the paradise they were they were no longer in the garden of eden mm -hmm. and they lost fellowship with god himself in the garden uh, they couldn't interact the same way 
And so God set about redeeming them, and it's a long story. And um, he honors, uh, he lets them fr- be free to choose. Right. And then uh, he's chosen all who whosoever will come may come. Right. And uh, sadly, um, if a person misses it through through their own rejection of Christ, right. it, it isn't God's will that they've uh, perished. It's it, their own it's rejection. It's our choice. Yeah, it's, it's our, our choice. choice. And that's staggering <coughs> to me. It's yeah. absolutely staggering. Knowing that I've been mm-hmm. on both sides of the fence and mm-hmm. now I'm on the right side of the fence. Mm-hmm. But it's just staggering a staggering burden to know. Um, it's it's almost like being a parent and knowing that there's a child out there oh. that wants and needs you, hmm. but you can't make them love you. Right. 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 God wants our unconditional love. Our lo- and and of course, you know, Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he could only give the Lord phileo love, which is friendship right. love. But, um, you know, God loves us unconditionally, he, absolutely unconditionally. And he, what blows my mind is he knew it before the foundations of the world, as Romans eight twenty nine through yes. 30 tells us. Um, he foreknew. And I find comfort in that, knowing that. Mm. He picked me out. Yes. Through yes. all the generations mm-hmm. from beginning to the end of time. <laughs> he chose me and he chose you and he yes. chose he chooses people. I find comfort in that. Oh, I very much comfort. Uh, yeah. He he uh predestined us. He foreknew us. He knew us before the foundation of the world. And then he this predestination is that we're going to be conformed to the image of Christ. Right. That's the predestined part. He's he's right. pred- all who receive Christ will be conformed to the image of Christ. Right. That's the predestination. And he 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 started a, a progression from a calling. You'll hear the call to come follow me. That's from Jesus. And right. uh, and through, when you respond to that call, when you receive Christ, you're justified immediately. Right. And then ultimately, why? Um, you will be glorified at some point in the future, right? And a, a full-fledged uh, child of God uh, yeah. for it, forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, hopefully that didn't mm-hmm. bring about any knee-jerk reactions <laughs> in anybody. And you know, we're we're only telling you what the Bible has said and what we've experienced. Uh, but you know, we care about you just the same way. God cares about you in in an aspect of we're trying to share the good news with you. So um, we appreciate you being with us today. Uh, Richard, did you have anything closing or are we? Well, we we know from Second Peter here, chapter right. three, verse nine. Now, the Lord's not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So that's very close to the end of the Bible there. And we can see clearly it's God's will that all of us come to repentance, or you could say come to full faith in Christ. And it turns out that those who do were 
predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. Boy, that's a pretty good summarization of what we've been talking about. Okay. That condenses it down into a sentence or two right there. Yes, that's it. All right, well, folks, we're, we are so glad you joined us today. I hope that you found this episode uh, encouraging and uplifting. We are so thankful you've chosen to, to spend time with us and join in with us and stay in the Word and let the Word speak uh, loud and clearly to your heart there. Uh, he says when you seek Him with all your heart, you'll find Him. Absolutely. Okay. God bless you.